We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. Everyone in the building all a flutter because Steve Aoki is supposed to be stopping by. I'm not worried about Steve Aoki. I'd rather hang out with you. So it's you and I forget Steve Aoki. We'll also be visited by the Joe Rose Show. They're going to be talking football with Pete Crisco. Dan Levitard Show. Going to be checking in on a guy who recently moved from South Florida to Mississippi. Hmm. Lane Kiffin. Interesting. And we'll check in with our friends Hawk and Crowder. Here's a little bit of what you can expect from Hawk and Crowder a little later on in the show. Who the hell wants Coke and eggs? <laughs> Why you keep offering everybody Coke and eggs? They gusta jugar al baloncesto? <laughs> Right now, though, let's go on ahead and get into some of those headlines. The Panthers look to string two wins together tonight when they face the Ducks in Anaheim at 10. The Nationals are in West Palm Beach for spring training and will hold a Champions Parade on Clemantis Street tomorrow at 6 p.m. Spring training games begin Saturday. The Canes basketball team are back in action tonight against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Pre-game begins here at 8.30. The number one ranked Canes baseball team face Kent State. First pitch happening in just a few minutes now, right down the road in Coral Gables. John Beeline is out as head coach of the Cavs, and associate coach J.B. Bickerstaff is in. The Heat resume play tomorrow at 7.30 in Atlanta. Single-game tickets are on sale for the inaugural Inter-Miami season. Their first home match is March 14th against the L.A. Galaxy, but tickets for that have already been sold out. Now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A Gainesville area contractor recently found a half dozen human tongues stowed away in a crawl space below an area home. It's great to be a Florida Gator. A Lakeland, Florida park has been closed due to a huge snake orgy. It's great to be a Florida snake. A group of pigeons wearing MAGA hats have been spotted in Las Vegas. There goes Nevada as a battleground state. 300 Dallas area students took part in a super flush event at the Rangers' new baseball park, where at one time they all flushed a toilet to see if the plumbing could handle the load. Activists are up in arms for two reasons. One, they think the kids should be in school learning. And two, what a waste of water. I say, what a world we live in today. A British woman recently played violin while surgeons conducted brain surgery on her. If she can do that, can I have sex while I have brain surgery? Japan recently held its Hadaka Matsuri, which is an all-male nude festival. Uh, count me out. Now on the weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is cloudy with temperatures in the mid-70s. If you can't get enough football, let's be honest, year-round, who can't get enough football? Joe Rose Show got you covered in the mornings. Earlier today, they talked with Pete Prisco about QBs being wild. Teddy Bridgewater back in New Orleans? Yeah, I like the sounds of that. No fire in Tua. 
and Rosen's future with the Dolphins. Talk to Pete Prisco, CBS Sports Senior NFL columnist. Pete, good morning. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Pete, we're doing great. And I got to tell you, man, the the league, we always joke, the league that never sleeps. But this this offseason, never seen anything like this with the quarterbacks. I know yesterday, Drew Brees, which was no surprise, came back for another year with the Saints. But this quarterback free agency stuff and the draft stuff with quarterbacks, which one are you more interested in? Well, I think, you know, the, the more interest will be with the free agents, but the one that will decide ultimately if you have sustainable success in the NFL will be with the draft. I'm a big believer in drafting and developing, um, but, you know, there's marquee guys on the market. Like you mentioned, Tom Brady is there. Uh, Drew Brees is still technically a free agent, although he's going back to New Orleans. Uh, and then you look around and there's some other guys. I mean, Jameis Winston, what's going to happen with him? Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, the former Dolphin, what's going to happen with him? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, the Miami kid is out there. So it, it's an intriguing free agent class, but I think ultimately your long-term success comes from drafting and developing. One guy that we, you know, we're talking about veteran quarterbacks on the move, uh, Phillip Rivers. Where do you think uh, the, the market is for Phillip Rivers at this point? Because I could see him just about any team that needs a quarterback right now, but it is intriguing that he did move his family to Florida and Tampa's having some issues with Jameis Winston, maybe. Yeah, and I think Tampa would like Jameis Winston back. It's going to be at their price. And, and you know, keep hearing rumblings that Jameis isn't willing to take his representatives want so it could be a tag there uh, but it also could be rivers and rivers is also being mentioned in indianapolis and i think if you're a team that needs a quarterback philip rivers for a couple years can still play last year people pinged him they threw a lot of he threw a lot of interceptions but the offensive line was horrible and he took a ton of shots and and so i do think he can still play indy tampa would make a lot of sense you know we we were talking about this the other day i love teddy bridgewater i really do i think he's a great kid um one of my favorite guys in the league but where does he end up you know, people keep saying, oh, he's going to, you know, somebody mentioned $30 million. That's not every year. That's not Another happening. Shot. But where does he go? I mean, we play it out. Let's just say Brady goes back to New England for the sake of the argument. Rivers goes to the Colts. Winston goes back. Tannehill goes back. Where does Teddy Bridgewater go? Sounds like the Chargers. Yeah, but they're going to dra- – you keep hearing they love Herbert and they would take him at six, and they have Tyrod Taylor as the bridge quarterback. So you don't really need – you wouldn't need to go pay Teddy Bridgewater if you're going to do that. Take that out of the equation. Somebody mentioned Carolina. If you get Cam Newton back on, and he's healthy on a one-year deal for $19 million, that's, you keep him. I think Teddy ultimately could end up going back to New Orleans again. I really do. Wow. I think, yeah, that would be uh, interesting if that happens. He'd be the, you know, clearly all this talk about Taysom Hill being the, the heir apparent, Stop. as they like to say. Right. I mean, come yeah. on. And and who did they play when he when, when Breeze got hurt last year? Play Teddy. What about Teddy Bridgewater uh, ending up um, in Chicago? I can't see Ryan Pace as the GM saying, hey, let me sign this guy to a three- or four-year deal when I drafted and moved up to go get at Mitch Trubisky. Right. I just don't see him admitting his mistake. I, I think it could make sense for them, but you know how the ego plays into this stuff. I, I just don't see that happening. You buy the Joe Burrow stuff. Uh, we know Steve Barkowski talked to him, and we know what Carson Palmer has said, doing Eli Manning or John Elway. You got to get out of there. It is Loserville with Mike Brown owning and running that thing. Can you see Joe Burrow really saying no in his own backyard where he grew up? No, I went on a rant on our air yesterday about this. Where is it? What are his options? Give me a break. A year ago, the guy would have been begging to be a first-round pick. He has a great year. Now he's going to be the first overall pick, and he's turning his nose up at it. Whatever happened, to, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to become a great quarterback. I'm going to make the Bengals relevant, and this is all going to be about what I can do for them. I mean, I just don't get it. Everybody points to Elway. Elway had baseball as a fallback. He could always have gone and played for the Yankees. 
Yankees. Let's not forget that. Eli Manning was traded because there was another guy and another option at Phillip Rivers. I don't get this whole notion that Joe Burrow is going, what's he going to do, sit out a year? I mean, there's only so many earning years in a body. Go ahead, sit out a year, see what happens next year when some other bad team picks you. And here's the other thing about the Bengals. They did win. Marvin Lewis took them to playoffs five straight years. I mean, they did win. It's an old, tired theory on the Bengals that they can't win and they won't win and they won't spend the money. You have to spend X amount of dollars nowadays. They've amped up their scouting group because they used to be bad. They used to have very limited in terms of their scouting. Now they have many, many more. I think Duke Tobin's actually a good football guy running things there. It's a great myth. And for him to sit there and even hint that he didn't want to play there. How about this Tua story? What, two in, we call it two in the hip. Moving up, We I know we don't know yet because of the doctors. How do you think this thing's going to play? Do you think people get aggressive and try to go after him? Well, I think first you mentioned the medical. Medical is a big difference, a um, big thing here. He's got to clear that. If he can clear the medical, then I think he has, you know, you're going to see teams maybe jockey to go get him. I, now, this is something that I garnered from him. We had him on at the Super Bowl for a half hour. I asked him, I said, you know, if you had played this year, would you guys have won the national championship? And I want to hear a quarterback go, damn right we would have. Of course we would have. You know we would have. He goes, well, you we can't really say because I don't know the circumstances. Or anything. Where's the fire in the belly? I want fire in the belly from my quarterback. I want my quarterback like Dan used to be in Miami. You know, they don't make him like that. Right. Us too, Pete. Can we get one of those? <laughs> no, but I mean, Dan was great, but he also had that persona, that, you know, that fire in the belly. I wanted Peyton Manning had fire in the belly. I wanted to hear it out of him, and I didn't hear it. And that's always concerning to me when you don't hear that, you know, the guy. Wouldn't you guys want him to say, yeah, hell yeah, we would have wanted it. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yes. All right, Pete, I got to ask you this. Earlier in the season, obviously down here in Miami, it was a Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen question, what's going to end up happening a couple games into the season. Flores comes out and says, I've seen enough. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be my quarterback the rest of the year. Now we're hearing reports from Chris Greer and the Dolphins that, well, you know, Josh is a special kid. We're going to keep him around, and maybe we'll even keep him on the roster next year because he's got a $2 million cap hit. When you see that, when you hear that, you think what? It's cheap. I mean, it's cheap guy to have around. And, and, and why not keep him around? I mean, look, you can draft a guy. Let's just say it's Tua and he's not medically cleared all the way. You could redshirt him technically, you know, and let him sit and get him healthy for the following year if that's the case. And then you keep him in that scenario. Look, cheap quarterbacks, cheap backup quarterbacks are, are good to have around. So I, I have no problem with that if indeed that's the case. But I think they're putting that out there now to kind of see where they fall and see what happens. If they drafted Tua and he's healthy, you keep Fitzpatrick and Tua, and then you go move on from, from Rosen. But I think that's just kind of throwing it out there now as a possibility to see how things play out. Is, is Greer just literally throwing that against the wall because of the fact that Flores came out earlier in the season, like I said, and he saw enough. He, I mean, in the last couple of games of the season, it was an easy chance to put Rosen in there to see exactly what he might have or at least put him out there for, for trade bait, whatever the case may be. But when you hear something different from your coach and your GM, it just it makes me think a little bit about this Josh Rosen thing, this big smoke screen. I think that's exactly what it is. It's also, you know, again, if it, it, it's okay to have him as a backup or a third quarterback. I just don't think that he's a guy that's going to be a, a guy, if everybody's healthy, he's not going to be the backup quarterback. Let's just say they drafted two and two is healthy, and then he's not going to be the backup quarterback in that scenario. I'll tell you one thing, if Josh Rosen stays around and two is here, he can't be real happy looking at like, oh, 
this is not a good situation, whether they give him the year off or half a year off. It doesn't look like I'm in the plans. Would you agree? Oh, he's not in the plans. I don't. I think he played himself out of the plans last yeah, year. I, I don't think he's in the plans for anybody. Let's face it, not every quarterback that's drafted in the first round works out. It doesn't look like it's going to work out for Josh Rosen. A lot of us, and me included, thought he could end up being a pretty good player, and, and it's not going to work out, it doesn't look like. How many of these quarterbacks uh... – do we have a pretty good feel yet for this draft group of guys coming out? I know we got the combine coming up and pro days coming up and everything. Pretty good idea how many of these guys can play at the next level. Or you feel good about Love and we care here about Herbert and what do you think? You know, Love is a tough evaluation, and I always joke around about when Josh Allen came out. They play with bouncers and bartenders. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to evaluate them, and and so yeah, he's a tough evaluation. He's impressive at times, and has a little bit of Patrick Mahomes in him. Tough to evaluate that guy. I, I can't. He'll go in the first round probably because he's such a quarterback-starved league. Plus, if teams come back in at the back end of the first round, that fifth-year option is in play, so that's big. Herbert is the perplexing one to me. He looks the part. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He can run, but his accuracy is bad, and he doesn't always, you know, he make a wild throw and then make four bad ones. I, I just can't. And I'm a Pac-12 guy like you, Joe. I just watch him, and I want to like him, and I don't love him. And it's really concerning to me because he really looks the part, and you'd like to think he'd be a high first-round pick. And I still think he will be based on potential. And then the other one is those other guys at the back end. I mean, Fromm and Easton at the back end of the first round, they don't – they don't do a lot for me. Either do I. I mean, we, we look at the quarterback situation in the first round. You never know what will end up happening. It could be five guys that pick, four guys, three. It doesn't matter. One other guy, and I know we talked about it, and we talk about the veteran quarterbacks. There's no doubt in your mind at this point that Tom Brady goes back to New England, or, or, or is there a doubt? No, there's still a doubt. I, I think that, that whole thing comes down to a couple things. It comes down to Belichick and Brady trying to and, and craft smoothing that relationship over. Because that thing, look, when you work with somebody for 20-something years, it, it, it wears on each other. Who, who gets credit? Am I the guy or are you the guy? You know how that is. It's an ego-based business. So they, they have to smooth that relationship over. And the other thing that they have to do is they have to get him weapons. Promise to go spend money and get him weapons. There are, Hunter Henry's on the market. Hooper's on the market. Those are guys that possibly could be signed and help him. Get a receiver. Make a move to try and get A.J. Green if the Bengals are willing to move him. Get a big, uh, talented you know, veteran receiver to help him out. Because that was the problem last year. It wasn't him. It was the fact he had no weapons. He was holding the ball and the doubled Edelman. They didn't have the tight end to free him up and get one-on-one situations. So I think those are the two things. If they both happen, then I think they go back. There's a problem with Belichick and Brady mending the fences, then I think he's going to go explore his other options. All right, Pete. We always talk about it because he's here in our backyard and he does some bizarre stuff. Antonio Brown. I think he's going to be back in the league at some point this year. Do you think I'm nuts? You know, I would have said you weren't nuts, but then the latest, I mean, I would have said you were nuts, but the late, the, and the latest thing kind of enhances that. I, I just don't see how you can do what he just did with the police and the, the, you know, the kidnapping thing and all that. I just, I don't know. I, I think, look, we've seen crazier guys come back, so I can never say never. Right. But, and he's still got talent, but no, I, I, I don't know. I just think this one is, this is a tough one to kind of sell your fan base on. And it also, you know what else it does? It also enhances the fact that Mike Tomlin did a hell of a job of keeping right. all that stuff right. out of the news when he was in Pittsburgh. You think Mike Tomlin, the, those guys always ask me, like, Mike Tomlin's such a straight shooter. How did that relation, I, I think Mike Tomlin turned his back on some stuff and just said, listen, he's really good on Sunday, you guys. I'm going to ask you to, if he's a little late or does some things that he does, we just put up with it because he's so damn good. Do you agree with that? Probably. And, you know, we 
you know, coaches always like to say they're consistent. That's a bunch of garbage because they treat stars different. They treat stars differently than they treat you know the the fifty first guy on the roster. No question about that. But here's the other thing. You know, talking to people in Pittsburgh, he was a different guy until he got paid. Once he got paid, he became a different guy. He changed. He became that star. And so up until that point, he was just a kid trying to make his way, made his way, got paid, and then got caught up in star, you know, the star situation. So I think that that has something to do with it. But you're right. Mike Tomlin, for whatever he did, he handled it in, in the right way to get the best out of him. But ultimately, let's not forget, he also quit on his team in Week 17. Right. I mean, that that is the – to me, look, all the stuff he's done off the field, from a football standpoint, the worst thing you can do is quit on your teammates. That That's awful. It's a bad look, and, and I don't see how uh, teams can get past that even. And they a couple tried. The Raiders tried. didn't work. And then the Patriots tried, and he had the off-the-field stuff, and it didn't work. We ever going to see an end to the uh, Mason Rudolph Miles Garrett uh, situation oh now with Tom involved also. Yeah. God, I hope so. And and look, if he said it, he should be just abused for it and penalized and get all the heat for it. If he didn't say it, Miles Garrett should get it the other way. Because just to throw that out there is ridiculous to say he said it and then to have no matter what He's labeled that, right? He's automatically labeled that until they prove him innocent. If he's innocent, then he should be going back strongly at Miles Garrett for even implying that he said that. So I don't know. It's a bad situation. I tend to believe that if he said it, his teammates would be all over him as well. I mean, look, now you know, Joe, you played in a locker room. You defend your own, but that might be one of those where you certainly couldn't There's nobody can defend you on your own team if they hear you say that word. Of course not. You you lose... The, the guy, a lot of the guys on the team are done with you, man. They're going, wow, is this the way you are when you drink and you're away from us or every time you get mad? Yeah, I, I would agree. We're never going to know the truth, though, right? I mean, there's nothing out there. One guy's going to stand one way. One guy's going to stand the other. Doesn't the frigging commissioner need to say or the whoever's running the Browns right now said, enough, stop it, let's move on? I would think so. I, you would think that they would want to move on. And, and, and there's so many mic'd up guys. Right. There's also a lot of guys around around that remember there were a lot of guys right there the official was right there there were a lot of people around players around if he said it did he do it in the i can't imagine he did it in a quiet way right like he whispered it so i just i don't know i yeah it's just an odd allegation and it's one that if he said it he should get all the heat that he deserves for saying it if he didn't say it miles garrett should get just as much heat for putting it out there that yeah. he did pete thank you buddy Thanks, nice pete. to have you man thank you for finding some time for us appreciate it bud always guys take care a cup of Joe weekday mornings will always get you right from 6 to 10 here on 560. The Joe will always keep you going with the Dan Levitard Show. They're on right after the Joe Rose Show from 10 to 1. Earlier today, they were talking with Lane Kiffin. Here's a little taste. Same mistakes you made when you were younger. So three years with Coach Saban was extremely valuable and you know, taking more of a CEO approach, uh, you know, learning from him. In five minutes, you'll hear the rest of that interview here on the Best of the Joe Show. (laughs) Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Happy birthday to Black Sabbath's Tony Iommi. And I know what you're thinking. Dan Day, you're not playing a Black Sabbath song. It's actually Ozzy Osbourne. You are correct. It's the closest thing I got to Black Sabbath. So I'm sure Tony Iommi doesn't mind. He's still on good terms with Ozzy Osbourne, even though Black Sabbath officially done, at least for now. Ozzy Osbourne 
when those guys have a bad habit of saying, it's over, it's over, it's over, we're back, it's over, it's over, it's over, we're back. We're definitely back with the Dan Levitard Show, talking to a guy who's kind of had that career. It's over, it's over, I'm back, I'm back, I'm here, I'm there, and everywhere. A guy that chose to leave beautiful South Florida for North Mississippi. Ooh. They're talking with Ole Miss Ooh. coach Lane Kiffin. What they talk about? Oxford versus Boca, the crazy SEC, working with Coach O, and how he one time said no to Jamarcus Russell. The Boca Blue Martini will never be the same. Oh. Uh, misses him so much. Boca Raton misses him so much. I guarantee you he misses the Blue Martini. They don't have those in Oxford. Uh, probably not. Uh, Billy was stunned by that, and finally, before we get to Lane Kiffin, just floored by it. Kneecaps just appear? Like, how does that happen? Kneecaps, and kneecaps start showing up between the ages of two and six. Are you surprised oh. by that? Lane, did you know before listening uh, and coming on air here that babies didn't have kneecaps? I did not know that. I was actually trying to picture it because I've not seen a TV, so I'm trying to picture whether they do. So I'll go with sounds good. If you say things fast enough and strong enough, everybody believes them. Yep. I've lived my life by that. Lane. That is yeah. recruiting. That's what recruiting is. Yeah, yeah, it's soft cartilage. That's why you can't crawl on the ground with him without it hurting. I had a relative say, don't let the facts and details get in the way of a good story once. <laughs> uh, what What have you learned, Lane, uh, along the path that brings you now to the SEC? What's something that you know now that you simply did not know before? I think I'm just like I would hope anybody would in any type of job, you know, 11, 12 years later from last time being a head coach in this conference, you know, you've got experience and you've been different places and, you know, hopefully don't make some of the same mistakes you made when you were younger. So three years with Coach Saban was extremely valuable and, you know, taking more of a CEO approach, uh, you know, learning from him. You know, I think he helped our last spot at FAU and hopefully helps here. How different is Oxford than Boca? The water's a little bit different color. It's <laughs> not true. It's like a bright, is it a bright? We're looking at houses, they're like, you got a fish here in the backyard? Like, okay, like, yeah, there's some crappie, and like, like that's the size of the bait fish we use down there. I imagine that the real estate is a bit cheaper, right? You can, you're, you're going to buy yourself a pot. You've already, have you already, when you were coming down to FAU, people were talking about, uh, actually, there was an article written, somebody was shopping for houses with you, I think. Uh, how is the, sh- the house buying experience been there it is a little bit cheaper uh there are some really you know i'll joke aside there's some great areas here and my brother lived here before when he was coach so i got to visit him you know one summer and see it and, and the people are amazing the sec and the passion for for football and for is unbelievable how close were you or what was the closest you were to leaving fau before this job came along i don't know i, I really was i know every coach says this but you guys know me i don't give a coach speak i was extremely happy there i loved boca you know loved the players team leadership and um you know we were doing great things so i think it's a it's a really easy place to recruit to for obvious reasons boca and the resort and, and uh the weather so and a great campus so I, I was not most people at an fbs school are just dying you know to get back to power five and take any job this was not the case selective in this and wanted to make sure it was a place that could win and had one place you know just coming off four or five years ago won the sugar bowl how happy are you to actually coach big football players now because what was startling watching your fau football team and it was a good football team is that the players are appreciably smaller than the ones in the sec i think you always struggle at, at that level in the, in the lines you know your your big guys like you mentioned especially in south florida you can find skilled guys all over the place so we were able to you know match up with a lot of 
you know, good people, skilled players, but the SEC is obviously different. The biggest difference always has been the big players. If you were to give me three reasons that you left for Mississippi, would money be among them, and what are the three reasons? Money would not be. I don't, and again, sounds crazy, but money is very low on my list. I think once, in my opinion, once you get to a point that you can afford to do what you want to do in life, that what's the difference between, you know, making $1 million or $4 million? I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but and been around long enough, and I see it all the time in recruiting that you know money money creates a lot of problems. It doesn't it doesn't solve everything like people think it does. So I see a lot of happy people without a lot of money, and a lot of people with a lot of money not very happy. So that that is not up there at all. It really was just I think a few times a year. You know, and you know, you're watching, you know, the playoffs. And, you know, you're watching Coach Smart, Coach Saban, whoever it is, and Coach Sweeney, and you're just saying, you know, you miss that. You know, you miss that stage of, you know, competing at the highest level. So um, I think that that really was the only reason. Not about money. Not about where you live. It was simply about the ability to be at a place that you could compete and you could play against those guys. Did you really just say what is the difference between four million dollars and one million dollars? Of course, it's $4 million, Coach. No, it's $3 million. <laughs> You should hit Lane Kiffin with the you don't get the show. Um, is it true? Is it, you don't get the show. Is it true? I that, just always say if you can do what you want to do, if you've made enough money in your life, that you can do what you want to do and not crazy and have to you know own private jets and stuff like that, there isn't a whole lot of difference. So make make all this money so you leave it for your kids. Well, most time when you leave a lot of money for your kids, those kids are screwed up. So be careful what you know what your what your priorities are. Lane, I'm wondering here because I love the SEC coaches. Like, there's some great characters in there. Who is the craziest coach right now in the SEC? Oh, it's not even close. Mike Leach. <laughs> wow, it's not even close. <laughs> so I just sat next to him in the league meeting. There's all 14 head coaches and the commissioner in there. Between him and Ogeron, it was like, it was like I, I should have had to pay money for that seat. <laughs> this guy knows how to ratchet up the egg bowl. Where, where, do, you, where do you rank uh, in terms of crazy in the conference among the coaches? Because you got to finish behind Orgeron too, right? I don't know. It was a great seat. Orgeron to my left was just saying, you know, as they were talking about his stuff, he's just saying, let's go hit somebody. Just win, baby. <laughs> what? He just texted me and he's like, he goes, hey, are you going south or are you going back to Mississippi? I need a ride to Key West. What percentage of Ed Orgeron's words does Lane Kiffin understand? 100, but you got to remember that's a lot of years. That's, I think, four years as assistant coach with him at USC. I was his head coach at Tennessee, and then I was head coach at USC. So that's a lot of years uh, to figure out that, that Cajun E. You told LSU when you were at Alabama. Is it true that you told LSU to hire him? I did. I thought that it would, I talked to the AD and thought that he'd do a great job. Things are about fit. I mean, what an amazing fit. What happened? They won a national championship, but I mean, what a perfect fit for LSU. Recruit to state of Louisiana, and, and he's a great coach, great leader. So, um, yeah, I told him that. I thought <clears throat> it'd be a no-brainer to definitely keep him. He'd been the interim at the time. How much time are you spending dreaming of beating Nick Saban, who told you not to wear a hat to meetings? I didn't even know you. How do you guys? I didn't even know that story was out there about the hat. You told it to us. You're the reason it's out there. The only reason is you're the source on that story. Memory by you guys. But you've got to be thinking about that, right? Like because he he um and I know you're hugely appreciative of all things Nick Saban. I know that that you have a great deal of admiration for him. But there were also a bunch of things around him that felt kind. Kind of silly that aren't how Lane Kiffin runs his his show. I just came. In, I'm. I kind of say as assistant coach, it's almost like you go from you know a parent to like a step parent. You know, and so Pete Carroll I was with for six years, kind of raised by him in the profession, and it's an assistant coach. And the next time I'm an assistant coach is I'm working for Nick Saban. So I've said before, two of the best coaches to ever coach. 
um, Hall of Fame coaches, but do every not just one thing different. They do every single thing. I mean, nothing close to to each other. So that was more of an adjustment period, you know, for me. What I was used to going to when going to a step parent. Can you tell us the best story that you have about how vehemently you oppose the idea of Jamarcus Russell being Oakland's quarterback? This is nothing against Jamarcus, and I've said it before. The midnight the night before the draft, I just said simply, "Hey, we're going to pay this guy, you know, upwards of sixty, ended up being sixty-three million dollars, and he's not ready for it." I said I wouldn't have been ready for it at twenty-one. He's not ready to handle that, and hasn't played very much. Mr. Davis was obsessed with the Sugar Bowl game where he beat Notre Dame. You know, he'd watch the game on TV. Obsessed with that. And I'd up getting, you know, Jeff Garcia was coming in free agency, and and Calvin Johnson was there, and said Calvin Johnson is the best receiver I've ever ever work out in my life. One of the best ever. So set in his mind obviously it was his franchise so direction we went when you think about discomfort that you've endured arriving now back in the sec and back in a place of that feels like big football uh the exit in oakland where al davis calls you a flat-out liar and says that you're bringing disgrace to the organization is that the top of the list for you on discomfort or do you have something else that's happened where you were like Man, that was a really unpleasant thing to go through. Being fired at the airport at 3 a.m., fifth game of the year at 3 and 2 on probation down 30 scholarships wasn't really fun, <laughs> especially when it's not expected and you're just flying back, getting ready to go to the office, you know, sleep in the office to work the next day. That was that was kind of comfortable, I guess, as you ask. We're, uh, we're happy to be able to have you back in the uh, SEC. We're happy to be able to talk to you again, Lane. Lane, I don't want to raise expectations, but I have you 5-0 and after five weeks. You play Baylor, Auburn, LSU, and Alabama. Yeah, they didn't tell me the schedule for it. <laughs> Lane, thank you for being on with us. We appreciate talking to you. All right, they did just turn the TV on. What are you guys doing? Boring guy in the interview. Nobody's going to pay attention. So let's just start painting stuff. Where weird stuff. That is such a good question. I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan, but... But I am Darth Maul. I lost. Uh, it's a complicated story, but I lost. Uh, and Just now I, up, I'm. Do you know anything about Star Wars? I don't. Seems like seems like you guys started an early happy hour there. With there the you go. The, the, the blue martini misses you. Uh, we miss you, Lane. Thank you for coming on. All right, guys. Have a good week. If you're thinking Lane Kiffin doesn't sound all that excited, it's because he's the head coach of Ole Miss, and he lives in Oxford, Mississippi. Now he went from FAU to Ole Miss, from Southern Florida to North Mississippi. Yeah, I would kind of sound like that too. I don't wish him the best because I'm an LSU graduate. So maybe that's where a little bit of this is stemming from. But I speak the truth. I will stand by my statement. It's better to live and work in South Florida than North Mississippi. I'm not going to test it. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy being here with you. Won't you stick around and get happy with Hawk and Crowder. Here's what they're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. Who the hell wants Coke and eggs? <laughs> Why you keep offering everybody Coke and eggs? They gusta jugar al baloncesto? That and some sports from them next on The Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and no, this is not Steve Aoki. This is birthday boy Seal. Today he turns 57, and he is one of those guys that outkicked the coverage. Of course, he's not married anymore to Heidi Klum, but whoo, very nice, Seal. Very nice. A lot of people in the building clamoring for Steve Aoki. He is somewhere in the radio station vicinity. I'm not worried about it. I'd rather hang out with you. Now, Steve Aoki's bringing some Benny Hanna's by. 
maybe then, but no, just you and I. And in afternoons, it's you and I and Solana and Hawk and Crowder. Earlier today, yes, they did do some food takes, but first they talked about Tannehill. Are Brady better in Tennessee than Arroz, Confrios, or Moro? So before the show started, Crowder was telling me he was doing a uh, interview on a station in Tennessee. Yes, Memphis. Memphis. Yes, and uh, and he was saying that the host was the angle was, are you guys embarrassed that you gave up Tannehill? <laughs> was, you're talking to the wrong guy. I wish Hawkman was on this damn show. Which, by the way, I understand that line of questioning, but yeah. they haven't watched him for you know seven seasons like we did. But it's funny that that happened to you today because. I'm not kidding you. This is my first note written down to myself for today's show. I'm at the Y. I'm riding the bike. I turn on Get Up. The first thing that they're discussing, I thought it was in Bizarro World. I, I thought I was in Bizarro World. <laughs> they are discussing. No, no, no. I take that back. They're not discussing. They're debating whether the Tennessee Titans would be better off next season with Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady. Ooh. And there's plenty of people on the Tannehill side. There's only one guy that took his team to the AFC Championship game. Okay. <laughs> he beat him. I, and, and, and I'm with you. That was part of the – yes. I thought I was in the bizarro world. This is what we did for seven years down here. Seven years down here. We're in this division with Tom Bleep and Brady. I mean, it doesn't matter who you get. It's Tom Brady. And then you fat. He's on Tennessee now. Who'd you rather have, Tannehill or uh, Brady? Well, I'm going to go with Tannehill. He took that. What? 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 You got to be crazy. I wish we could have. Blah, 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 Two, those seven years. That, that would have been, that would have been great. And the Miami Dolphins select Ryan Tannehill. Fitzy. What happened? I don't know. Let's go Fitz. No, they love him, man. They love him up there. I, and I get it. I get it. And they should. He took him to the AFC Championship game, and he did. He beat Tom Brady. Like, yeah. I, like yeah, they absolutely should. But what I guess the genesis of the uh, the debate on Get Up was Derrick Henry was asked on a podcast yesterday, would, would he like to have Tom Brady? Tom Brady's a free agent. Would you like to? And he said... Why would you mess up what we're doing or whatever? Now, one of the people, I, I forget who was on whose side on Get Up, but somebody was saying, hey, if Derrick Henry's thinking of it like a businessman, of course he wants them to keep Tannehill because he's not going to be as expensive as Tom Brady. That's going to leave more money for Derrick Henry. So if he's thinking along those lines, I get it. Yeah. But they're debating it. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is an actual debate? Tannehill or Brady? Like, do, do you know what would have happened to our radio career if we brought up that debate when Tannehill was playing for the Dolphins? Uh, boss, here's uh, here's what I'm going uh, with today. Who would you rather have, Tannehill or Brady? You're fired! <laughs> Get out of my office! Get out of my office! <laughs> they gotta do it now. And now it's on ESPN National TV. Would you rather have Brady or Tannehill? You can make a lasagna with ground chuck, but there, it'd be better with Sir Lord. There you go! There you go. Yeah. I mean, it, and now, now, and I was going to say, if you're looking to the future, forget about just next season. But you know what? It's still Tom Brady. You're talking about eight-year NFL veteran Ryan Tannehill? I mean, get out of here with that. First, first ballot Hall of Famer, I greatest mean, of all time. The greatest of all time. I mean, stop it. I, my personal opinion, we're going to talk with Ben Volan today from the Boston Globe. I really believe he's going to end up in Las Vegas. I really believe 
if Las Vegas offers Tom Brady, as Pro Football Talk reported, two years, $60 million, and kind of we started fleshing it out yesterday. You know, he's playing for John Gruden, who can sit back and allow Brady to be Brady. John Gruden really doesn't have to prove anything. Mike Mayock, he's familiar with how things sell on TV, and they've got to sell this new franchise to Las Vegas. And I think, I think... That, that would be my dark horse guess, that Tom Brady ends up with a two-year deal for $60 million because at some point, I really do believe, the New England Patriots are going to hold the line. The Heat did it with Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. We have a line. Sorry. We know everything you've done, and we know maybe that this will come back to burn us, but we've got to keep a line somewhere. We can't throw bad money after good, and so we're going to hold this line. Now, I thought the Heat did themselves a disservice by doing that, but you've seen time and time again the Patriots do it. So that wouldn't even be a surprise. But with Brady... And this is the easy answer. Who's a better team, the Raiders or the Titans? Because he, bro, he has two years max left, and that's why I give him a two-year deal. Would you, would you There's even more put, success. Would you even put the Patriots in that question, by the way? Because no. you wouldn't no. in, as currently constructed. No, no, no. Yeah. Bra- Brady's that guy. They have no receivers. Defense is pretty good. His defense is going to stay good. But I don't think the personal relationship between Mike Vrabel and Brady, people are talking about enough. Right. That's like – that's like me going to play for you. Right. They're so That's, comfortable with each other. I play my rookie deal, and Mark Hockman is the head coach yep. of the Titans. Yes, I would love to go play for you. We're tight. Like I mean, there, there's no we're, – we're talking like men. We're not talking down. We're not – like that Mike Vrabel on a better team, being the head coach, I think people aren't bringing that up enough with Brady. Now, that would be a weird one, though, right? Because that's Kevin Durant going to Golden State, isn't it? Like Tom Brady gets knocked out by Tennessee, so he joins them. There's a weird one on that. That's got the weird angle to it. Vegas, I could see. The Chargers, I could see. They were saying to do, uh, today as well on uh, on uh, Get Up, um, Teddy Bridgewater should go to Tampa. Signed, sealed, delivered. He will thrive there. They will be excellent with him. Shouldn't think about it twice. Teddy Bridgewater should end up in Tampa. Love it. Badass tight ends, great receivers, young young team building it up. Teddy would be that dude, and he doesn't make mistakes. The Bucks weren't terrible this year, even though James James makes 30, mistakes. Inter- Thirty interceptions. I love that. Who said that? I need I need to send them some flowers. I think it might have may have been Greeny. Oh. I think it was Greeny. Greeny, smart. See too. if we can get him back on the air. He was very good. And then set aside an hour and then send an email to Len, our boss, saying we're blowing off the clock. Because he was on a rampage yesterday, and I'm, I'm trying to do right by him today. Hit it today. All right, let's do uh, headlines here with Alejandro Solana. Florida Panthers, they made a trade today. Yeah. They traded forward Dennis Mulgan to Toronto. In return, they got forward Mason Marchment. So there you go. Can Marchment stand in the goal? <laughs> <laughs> multi-talented. Just stand here. You, you, you know Sergey Bobrovsky? All right, stand here. Stand next to him. Stand where? Has where anybody? Do you want me? Has no, any, don't just stand next. To has him. anybody ever put two goalies you in can't. there? Oh, okay, <laughs> it sounds like a brilliant idea, but you can. Uh, yeah, and Panthers play tonight, right? They do. The Florida Panthers are in Anaheim to continue that West Coast road trip. 10 p.m. puck drop. All right. Anything else? 
Canes Hoops, they're also in action tonight. They're in Virginia to face the Virginia Tech Hokies, 9 p.m. tip-off time. Yeah, we're going to do Fade Fig today. We always do that on Wednesdays. Fig will give you some losers. Uh, we'll have her pick that game. I think I saw Canes were getting four points tonight from uh, Vatek. Four points tonight. Yeah, 9 p.m. tip. She's going to give you some losers. She'll huh? give you some losers. <laughs> I'm just saying flat out matter of fact. Like, all right? I mean, let's call it what it is. One and three last week, right? <laughs> One oh. and three last week. She doing She's it, loading doing up it. the losers for you. <laughs> Rob Manfred, commissioner of Major League Baseball, he this has now guy. apologized for calling the World Series trophy, quote, just a piece of metal. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, if, did you watch his interview? He's not a leader of men. Like, he, here's the whole thing. This, this baseball and the cheating. Like, what, what does he think, what did he think was going to happen? That other competitors we're going to be like, all right, we'll move on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Like, like, think about this. Other competitors that are busting their asses to win a World Series title, and they're going to be like, well, Rob Manfred said that they have immunity, so let's move on. Hey, shake my hand, Jose Altuve. All right, let's move on. And, and like, I mean, you, you saw Giancarlo Stanton today. Giancarlo Stanton said, if I knew what pitch was coming – I'd hit 80 ding-dongs. And he would have, by the way, unless John, they were sliders. And John Even Car if he knew the slider was coming, he can't hit that. <laughs> he looks a little different in Altuve. <laughs> I don't know if they're the same species. I mean, species. think about it. Think about, think, think about Altuve hitting that game-winning home run. I don't know. Does it take a little bit of the shine off it if I told you he knew what pitch was coming and his chest was vibrating? <laughs> you know what else I saw <laughs> on Twitter? I saw an interview with Altuve, be, like just on before all the, the cheating. Yeah. He spoke way better English than when they interviewed him about the cheating. Remember, Sammy Sosa did that in oh, front of Congress. He couldn't even speak English in front totally of Congress. Totally forgot how to speak English. Okay. Steroids. Okay. And I guarantee you, I'm doing that route. If things go <laughs> things go south for me, man. Okay. <laughs> Rodrigo, <laughs> quieres un Coca-Cola or limonada? Okay. <laughs> Te gusta huevos rancheros? But we're asking you about your DUI. <laughs> si, si. Roba vieja or moros. After rice and beans. Yeah, mixed. so I, because yeah. uh, my wife and I had lunch on Lincoln Road, and she was asking me, well, what's arroz blanco? And I'm like, that's white rice. She was, what's frijoles negros? And I'm like, that's black beans. She's like, well, what's moros? And I said, I think that's when they pre mix them for you. Is that, yeah. is that what it is? No, ar arroz moros, it comes with moros in it. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's like I think it's like pieces of of something else inside the rice. Right? I so thought like moros moros was black beans and white rice together. That's no, that's moro. just arroz con frijoles. Oh man, that's rice. moro. Look, look I it up. Yeah. Three palms down the road, I figured out to trick them because you get two sides. And I was getting white rice and beans, and then one night the nice lady was like, "Hey, you're making moro." <laughs> well, that's that's what I always thought. That like if you ask for moros, you just want the black beans and white rice already mixed. Yeah. So it, now it I is, can get that and French fries. I think there's something else in the arroz moros as well. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. But I it think is you're mixed. wrong. I, I think, think I think Crowder wrong. and I have this right, and you have it wrong. Do you go to restaurants? <laughs> well, he's Hispanic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, like, and he said it so you know, you know how he says his thing. Oh yeah, guys. Uh, you're wrong on this. <sighs> moros is actually uh, you're talking about arroz con frijoles. No, no, I'm not. Let me school arroz, you, Americanos. If you just order white rice and black beans, you mix them together. The the rice will have some uh, different different color because of the black beans and the, the, black the liquid bean rice. Juice. But it's not it's not the color of arroz moros. Arroz if moros I ask is for 
Moros. First of all, I never see arroz Moros. Yeah. I always just see Moros. If I if I order Moros, isn't that going to be white rice and black beans it's combined? Not, it's not white rice though. It's it's like a browner, darker rice. That's why I think they put something else, whether it's congri or they put something else in the arroz. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> read the texts. You, you <laughs> you're just wrong on this. You're, you could not be more wrong on this. It just, you're just wrong. I know you're wrong. I happen yeah. to know you're wrong, and I'm giving you a little bit of deference because you're Hispanic and we're Look not. Look it up, though. Look it up. Look it up. But I, but I know it to be true, and every text is saying Hawk and Crowder are right on this. I'm just sorry. You're wrong on this one. Just take the L on this one. I'm reading. It might have some little meat in it, little ham meat in it. I mean, no, that makes it better. But but I'm saying, traditionally, though, if you order moros, it's yeah. white rice and black beans. They're mixed together. Exactly what it is. No, no, but, but you no, know, no, you can't, no, no. Can't get off on this one, Jack. I'm, I'm calling Versailles. Go ahead, do your thing. Ask for Carmen. Right. So now. Yeah. Hello, Carmen. ¿Quieres un Coca-Cola? <laughs> Champions Who the League. hell wants Coke and eggs? <laughs> Why you keep offering everybody Coke and eggs? ¿Te gusta jugar al baloncesto? <laughs> What's that? Do you like to play basketball? <laughs> you drink coke and eggs and go play basketball. Listen, I'll order and I'll offer anything if I know how to. If somebody comes to the house, they're they're Hispanic. I'll offer anything that I know how to say in Spanish. That's what we do on the Hawk and Crowder show: food, arguments, some sports. Weekdays, three to six. Be sure to tune in. Executive producer Alejandro Solana and I we have an ongoing thing. We. Love, 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 love Diana Rossini of ESPN. This past weekend, she got caught up in something. She interviewed Matt McGloin, XFL. He kind of threw everybody under the bus. What does this team need to do on offense to get something going here? We need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. Okay, what do you need to change about the game plan? What are you, you frustrated know, about? There's just a lot going on right out now. Uh, it's embarrassing for us here as an offense, so a lot of things we want to fix and correct. Thanks. Wow. Change the entire offensive game plan. All I heard was Diana Rossini. Whoo! If you want to hear more of this show, there's plenty more podcasts to download wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can go to the radio.com app or you can go to our website, wqam.com. Got any questions for me? Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Of course, I'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, to hang out with you on the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on 560 WQAM. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.